3: Oh, well, the first day of the Test Series versus South Africa has lived up to the hype. 15 wickets fell, 297 runs scored, and the fast bowlers went head-to-head. Yes, welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm Menes, and I'm joined by Paul, and we'll be reviewing the first day of the Gabba Test. Paul, what a start. G'day, Menes. G'day, everyone. Yeah, really exciting and pleasing start. We've been talking about
0: how for this summer of test cricket to ignite, um, didn't, well, for this summer of international cricket to ignite, it's these tests that really have to do it. And day one, wow, as you said, couldn't get um, a much more exciting day. And pleasingly, uh, the crowd was bigger than I expected. Um, I got a bit of a, sh- a very pleasant surprise when I tuned in and, and saw those you know those stupid multicoloured seats at the Gabba were largely covered by people for a change. Um, ended up being 29,306, which uh, I can confirm is the largest non Ashes crowd for a test match at the Gabba ever, beating 26,353 from the first day of the day night test against Pakistan um, in 2016 17. So that is a wonderful, um, wonderful crowd, and they got a great day of cricket.
3: Well, it's also sensible scheduling, isn't it? You've got the first day of a test on a Saturday. You know, you're more likely to get big crowds then than you know if you start the test on a Wednesday, like we saw in the series against the West Indies. So, uh, yeah, I, and look, I, I got to say, I was really, really excited about this. The beginning of this series you know it always feels like a big occasion when we play south africa um you know there's always so much on the line and i was so excited and you could see the crowd was there and yeah i I just love it when we play south africa yeah me too and um it's
0: um a rivalry that i i think we we kind of cherish the rivalry against england and now against india And I've been saying we need to put more effort into our rivalry against Pakistan and New Zealand. I'd put South Africa in that same category, that we we need to have more of this intelligent scheduling, um, getting them into the big grounds and doing our best to promote these test series. Because there's not that that many of them that are um, as high profile as this, and we need to look after them. And as I said, I'm so delighted that day one lived up to the building
3: Alright, before we get into our review of day one of the test, this episode of Cricket Unfiltered is brought to you by NordVPN and it is the perfect time to sign up for a VPN and NordVPN is the one to go for. Cybersecurity is a big issue in Australia at the moment with lots of high profile hacks and data leaks and you can be fully protected uh, with NordVPN um, and it costs just the cost of a cup of coffee a month to protect a uh, um, lot of your devices with NordVPN, and I would suggest signing up for it because there is literally no risk to you. There is a 30-day money-back guarantee. Um, so give it a go because at the moment, it's really important. And if you're someone who's never had a VPN before, you might think, oh, this is something that doesn't
0: doesn't concern me or it sort of sounds like one of these buzzwords that um, is out of my orbit. I think it's going down the path where that's changing and it might not be um, a common term for you now, but I reckon in five years time, in three years time, in one year's time, it will be. Um, so, so get on board now. Um, And uh, do us a favour and sign up for NordVPN.
3: So um, we're going to put the link in our show notes, but if you head to nordvpn.com forward slash cricket unfiltered, you get a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee offer and you can try it. And please use the link in the show notes so they know you've come come from Cricket Unfiltered. That's nordvpn forward slash cricket unfiltered. Now into our test review. Yeah, um, so I must have inspired you in the last Cricket Unfiltered recording when I said to you, surely no other touring team has come here and won, you know, more than three series in a row. And then you have you did a bit of research, Paul?
0: Yeah, you did inspire me because I actually made a
3: mistake on the podcast. I said that it had only been done by
0: England, but I forgot that the West Indies did it in the mid-80s. 84-5, 88-9 and 92-3, they did it three times. England did it three times in the 1880s, which I correctly said, and um, – South Africa are currently on three, but obviously they are the only ones out of those that have the chance to extend it to four. So if they win this series, they will be the first and only team in 145 years of test cricket to win four consecutive series in Australia.
3: Well, that's quite phenomenal that, you know, they've won their last three series here and that's only the third time that's happened. Is that right? That's
0: exactly right. India are on two at the moment. So when they come down next time, there'll be a, a chance of going three, but as things stand, it's just the three times in, in all that time.
3: And people who have heard some of my predictions on this show over the last couple of years will know, you know, I'm not always a cheer squad for the Australians, but boy, do I want to bloody win this series. I mean, I've got to say, I I am pulsating green and gold at the moment. Uh, you know, I'm going to try and stay, you know, neutral and um, un, unemotional but boy do I want Australia to, to not cough up this series and give them that um, record of four in a row oh uh,
0: look you know I, I completely agree with you but I,
3: you know I have ruined
0: things for myself as always um, I've had a bit of money on South Africa at good odds to win the series and not you know, not talking about large amounts of money but my my loyalty can be bought so easily that I am I still want Australia to win, but it's sometimes a bit of an effort. But yeah, it'd be awful if they win four series in a row against us here. I, I don't want anyone to have ever done that. So um, yeah, the, the, message, the message is don't gamble when you when you're, the team that you support is playing, but uh, I've done it again.
3: All right, well uh you know if you anyone who's watching listening to this podcast saw um you know clips or footage of the wicket. It was a very green pitch to start the the test match and I was very curious what would happen when whoever won the toss decided on their fate and Pat Cummins won the toss and elected to bowl, which I thought was a very gutsy decision, Paul because it was almost the sort of toss you want to lose. Yeah, I
0: think it was. but And I think that they probably would still have battered, but it was just so green. It was almost uh, like I saw it the day before and thought, geez, that's green. But usually the next, you know, they, they mow it a bit more, a bit more sun beating down on it. It never looks quite as green. But today it looked almost the same as it had done the day before. I, I can't think of a greener pitch that I've ever seen Um, in Australia, I don't think. It really did look not that easily distinguishable from the, from the outfield. So I think... The, you, when you looked at it like that, you had to bowl first. And uh, as I've said, I think in the pod, that in recent years, often batting fourth at the Gabba has been when uh, batting has got to, to be its easiest. So uh, I think it was a, a, a correct decision.
3: I wonder how much of the decision was um, Pat Cummins wanting to bowl first or Pat Cummins not wanting South Africa to bowl first. Because, I mean, we'll look at the makeup of the team. South Africa really have put a lot of um, emphasis on their fast bowling. They've gone for a top six with uh, Varena, their keeper, in the top six. Then they've gone the four quicks and Maharaj. So they've gone five bowlers. And maybe Pat Cummins just didn't want to hand South Africa an advantage of bowling first on that wicket where their strength really is their fast bowling.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's uh, part of it. I, I just also think you've got to play to the conditions and he would have thought that with that green, if Australia bat first, it will be a mistaken decision. And, the, the, the you know, the, the notion that you must bat first except in extreme circumstances is a little bit outdated. And so, you know... I, I would be surprised if it was actually that difficult a decision.
3: Fair enough. Well, um, so just confirming the South African team, they went for Elgar, der Dusen Bavuma, Zondo and Verena as the top six, and then Janssen, Rabada, Norkia and Nengidi, the quick bowlers, and Maharaj, the spinner. Australia was as expected. Pat Cummins came back in for Michael Nisa from the last test match against the West Indies. Josh Hazelwood still unavailable. And then I thought the first couple of overs, Australia were – I wouldn't say nervous, but they just didn't quite hit their lines. But then uh, Mitchell Stark got the wicket of Dean Elgar. Uh, and then, you know, the, Australia knocked the top of South Africa off pretty quickly with um, Cummins getting one wicket in Boland getting two wickets in the over. And, you know, at, at this point with a South Africa four for 27, it was pretty much going, I think, as a lot of people feared with South Africa's batting lineup. Yeah, it
0: was. Um, it was funny. With One for 27, it was looking like, oh, OK, they're not going too badly here. And then bang, four for 27 um, looked very, very different. It was... Uh, a really good partnership then between uh, Bavuma and Verena. Uh, they they both played reasonably aggressively, uh, more so Verena. And uh, I'd be interested in what your thoughts are on this because I heard uh, a few of the commentators saying that despite the fact that um, – Obviously, when you've bowled a side out for 152, that's pretty good. That really, Australia's bowling effort wasn't as good as they might have expected. There was a few too many loose balls. Uh, Pete Lawler, um, a friend of this show, was saying really, they probably should have rolled to South Africa for 100. Well, what do you reckon?
3: Uh... No, I, I think Verena ball, uh, batted very well, and so did Bavuma. And I thought Australia came back into it pretty well. So I, I don't think so. Um, I, I thought if you look at the way Australia batted later on, uh, it was actually, you know, it's, 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 the conditions, the ball was coming onto the bat. So I, I don't think they leaked too many runs. I thought Varena and Bavuna, Bavuma you know they put on ninety eight runs and they were looking really good. And then Stark, I thought, uh, a terrific ball to get rid of Bavuma. And then that opened the floodgates. And uh, from there they were all out for one hundred and fifty two loot. So losing their last six wickets for twenty seven runs, it was a it was a big collapse after the, that breakthrough.
0: Yeah, turning point in the game when he went straight through the the gate and knocked Bavuma over, and uh, pretty disappointing. And I suppose South Africa do have quite a long tail with Yansen batting at number seven. Um, but, um, yeah, um, Stark had his 300th uh, wicket, uh, but it was dropped by Nathan uh, by um, Travis Head in there. So it'll be a pretty, pretty exciting moment when he does get to, to, to 300, presumably in the next innings, because how many Australians have done it? What, Lily, Warren and Lyons. He'd be the fourth Australian to get to 300, I think.
3: Did Mitch Johnson get there? I think he did. did he? Oh, well, I think he must have. Um, and Brett Lee, no Brett Lee, did Brett Lee get there anyway. We'll we'll check the record books. Um, this might inspire you to do another TikTok. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Mitchell Stark, uh, fourteen overs, three for forty-one. Pat Cummins, twelve overs, twelve point two overs, two for thirty-five. Scott Boland, eleven overs, two for twenty-eight. Um, go, going above his average, there two wickets at, at, at fourteen apiece. Um, so that'll be disappointing for him. Uh, he did take two wickets in the over. So he does always like to sort of put on a little show. Um, Nathan Lyon eight overs, three for fourteen, and yeah. So um, South Africa were bowled out pretty much at tea, and um, at, they came. Australia came out after tea in reply. Hold on a second, and got off because tea. it's a. Um... It's a
0: dramatic moment coming up. I just want to, yeah, you're right. Um, thanks for being my fact checker. Mitchell Johnson, 313, and Brett Lee, 310.
3: So, yeah, I had a shocker. Continue. And I got both of them. So, um, yeah, two points to manners. <laughs> Um All right, so... Uh, After T, Australia came out in reply to 152 and got off to the worst possible start. David Warner out for a golden duck, first ball of the innings, with it out to Rabada, great catch in close by Zondo at short leg, who stuck up a hand and took it uh, fully outstretched. And... uh, Paul, it, it wasn't a good dismissal for Warner, but I have to say that was a fiery delivery, you know, a bouncer straight on the money first up wasn't easy. It was the moment
0: of the day. I was actually listening to it on SCN Radio. I did a lot of driving today, listened to a lot of the radio coverage, and Waitley really got it well. He he, he nailed it. Um, uh, it. was The excitement of it came through. It was a nice, crisp call. And, uh, yeah, it, it, you can kind of look at it two ways. You can say... Um, uh, Peter Lawler was uh, was talking about how this is a really significant moment. Um, he's been in bad form, didn't look good, eyes off the ball, one hand off the bat, um, uh, etc. But as you said, uh, it's a very good ball. It got it would have got a lot of batters out that ball first up. Uh, they were making the point as well that the pitch had been so so sort of soft in the the early part of the day, that the ball was actually making divots in the pitch. And so then the, as the pitch then hardened up, if the ball hits one of those divots, it can uh, either bounce a bit more or bounce a little bit less. Um, and, you know, Rabat is a great bowler and first ball of the inning. So I, I think the, the notion that Warner is past it, I don't agree with, but his production in recent times in test cricket has certainly dropped. If Australia, let's say, had a, um, a more an easier run ahead then I think there's no reason that he that he couldn't continue. But geez, it's a tough run. That two more tests against this fiery South African lineup, then the Test Series in India and then the Test Series in England. I think it's those two series that as much as and potentially the World Test Championship and final in England as well, he might look and think, I really want to keep on playing, but that might be what causes him to pull the pin um after the Sydney test, potentially.
3: Yeah. I'm starting to think that's a real possibility. And this second innings is just going to be so crucial. He'll really need to score some runs. And uh, I'd love to see him um, go to England next year and finish on a high with Australia lifting the urn and him scoring a truckload of runs. But it's it's looking less and less likely. And I, I'm a big Matthew Renshaw fan, so I think he's ready for a return to test cricket. But so sticking here, so Warner goes early, first ball of the innings. Then I actually thought, Manus and Usman Kawaja actually batted pretty well. They weathered eight overs of really hostile fast bowling. And I actually thought in those eight overs, you know, maybe in the past Australia would have lost a truckload of wickets. But uh, so Manus and Kawaja weathered that storm. But then Jansen comes on and first ball gets Lubbershane caught in slips by Elgar. And then not long after that, is out caught and slips off Nokia, absolute brute of a delivery to get Kawaja. And Australia are three for 27 with Warner, Kawaja and Labashane all in the sheds. Yeah, and South Africa were, if
0: not on top, getting very close to being on top. And I I actually sent a text to our friend um, Fatima, the popping crease, who we had on the show last time, saying South Africa really should be able to roll Australia from here, but my concern is that uh, they'll bowl a couple of inaccurate balls, uh, the runs will start coming, they'll get a bit defensive and um, you know, kind of let Australia off the hook. And it didn't exactly pan out that way. Got to give credit to Travis Head for the way that he played. And once again, it underlines that you play aggressively nine times out of ten, that's the, the right way to play. But he really seized the initiative and they went along at such a decent clip that very quickly, um, Australia looked like they were really back in back in the driving seat and I just think I don't think South Africa bowled especially well though they were a bit inaccurate and I I think that that was the time they needed to say this is where we've got to double down on top of off stump nothing funky keep the field up and just make them earn every run uh Glenn McGrath like and I think they really didn't do that and it could be what costs them the, the test match quite frankly
3: Yeah, I thought they gave Travis Head a little bit too much width and he profited on it. Um, Also, they they threw in quite a few half volleys, trying to look for some swing and movement, but Head was pouncing on anything over pitch. But I have to say, that was one of the most thrilling counter-attacking partnerships because their fast bowling was all over us, They're a very good attack, there's no weak spots and um, Smith and Head put on 117 in just over 20 overs. So you're going at basically a runner ball. Uh, Smith looked good. He finished with 36 off 68. We'll talk about his dismissal. But Travis had 78 not out of 77, 13 fours, one six. That was just one of the most thrilling, dynamic knocks I've seen Head play. And, and this is no slice on the English attack or, or, who, um, or the West Indies attack. But, you know, I, I wasn't sure Head could play play that way against this calibre of attack. And boy, did he prove me wrong with that innings.
0: It's a fantastic innings. 78 not out of 77 balls, going at better than a runner ball. It was a Gilchrist-like innings. It was the sort of innings that Gilchrist used to play. Australia could be in trouble and in a twinkling of an eye, the game had been changed dramatically. So, oh, yeah, um, for, yeah for all the good innings he's played in, in the last year or so, this is uh, may well be the best of them.
3: So coming up to Stumps on the first day, Australia was actually uh, looking in a really good position, three for 144, uh, looking like they would go in just behind South Africa with seven wickets in hand and Smith and Head. But then Norkia comes into the attack and gets one through the defence of Steve Smith, which you don't see very often, kind of cut back between bat and pad. And it made me think, you know, he because he's more side on, he's kind of opened that dismissal up a bit more. And it was almost, I don't know about you, but, it looked a slightly casual defence from Smith, but a big wicket for South Africa.
0: A fantastic ball, a bit like the um, the, a bit of a potential turning point, a bit like the stark dismissal of Bavuma. Both uh, clean bowling the batter. Um, yeah, uh, I I can't really comment on the technique of it, but I just think it was a a fabulous ball, and. Um, potentially a game-changing ball because then Boland came in as night watchman, uh, got out off what then proved to be the last ball of the day. And so Australia, obviously on top, but five for 145, trailing by seven, South Africa will feel that they're very much still in the game in a way that maybe they didn't when their first innings ended.
3: What's your thoughts on the night watchman? Were you in favour of Boland coming out or do you think Green should have come out? I, I tend
0: to think that it, it, it's better for the batters to come out. Um, I, I just, that's that's how I feel. I think if I'm a bowling side, I get excited when the night watchman comes out. Uh, and then even in the next morning, um, if you can knock the night watchman over early, even though, yeah, he, he's the lower order player, I think it buoys the opposition. Um, it now means that you've got someone like um, uh, Carey, a very fine player, is going to bat at number eight. Um, so, you know, the last thing you'd want is someone like Carey or um, uh, Cameron Green to be thirty not out at the end of the play, at the end of the innings, and, and miss out on an opportunity. On an opportunity, so I mean, the the purists will say, well, he did his job because he he protected the the um, the next batter and he, he survived till what became stumps. Uh, I'm not the biggest affa- not the biggest fan of it, I don't know if they're going to play, and they might as well kept um, kept Nathan Lyon in the job. I think he probably would handle it better.
3: Yeah, maybe. Um... Poor Boland uh, sent out there. Anyway, I, I, I sort of tend to agree with you. I do think that in this situation, you've got a young player like Cameron Green, um, maybe it, it was the conservative um, option from Cummins. But I, I don't mind it, but i certainly leaning towards you. So, so Australia finishes the day five wickets in hand, seven behind, but Travis Head is 78, not out. Cameron Green will start the day with him. So I, I think that Australia won the day, but... Ever so slightly, and I hate to be cliché, Paul, but I really think tomorrow morning, in that first hour, uh, will will really determine. I wouldn't say the outcome of this test match, but certainly uh, if it's going to be a close match or not. Because if Australia gets away and puts on a lead of 100-plus, it's going to be tough for South Africa. But if they get head in that first half an hour tomorrow morning, then Australia could struggle to get a significant lead, and then it will be a close match.
0: Yeah, I think that Australia did more than just win the day. I think that it's a um, you know not a massive win, but they're in a... Uh, a Clearly, stronger position than South Africa. Uh, um, it's funny because I had to pick up my daughter, and in the in the period where I walked in, got her, and walked back to the car, that's where the um, the wicket of Smith fell. And so I heard that Boland was out there, and I didn't know who had got out. And I was thinking to myself, who as an Australian fan do I want out less? And I, I normally you'd say, oh, I want Smith to be the not out. You know, he's the best that we've got. But I actually came to the conclusion that as an Australian fan, I was hoping it was Smith out rather than Head. I think that reflects just how well Head has been playing.
3: I mean, that last session, the the fact that he got to his 50 off just 48 balls, Travis said, just sensational. And it, it really put South Africa on the back foot. And because they were scoring so quickly, um, you know, the, the match was just slipping away from South Africa. There was no poking and prodding or or anything like that. Um, it was a, just a careering onslaught by head, and um, just cannot. I, I, you know, I am just going to be locked in tomorrow morning for the first ball of the second day. And as I said, just was just so glad that to have this Test series to watch because, you know, you can already see um th- these two teams match up pretty well.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it as well. I just think as well, funny that, 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 that there was what those two balls that were nicked by the Aussies and fell short, one that went to the um, the third umpire and it just, just bounced in front of um, Elgar's hands. And the commentators are all saying uh, that South Africa was standing too far back. It's a, it's a common theme of all touring sides to Australia that they err on the side of being conservative in every way. That, that you, you, you would surely have said to them, um, listen, it's not carrying through as much as you might think. Stand forward a metre, and if you drop one, then then so be it. I, I really think that touring sides here need to um, – they should be very, very reluctant to ever go into their shells in batting, to ever put out a deep fielder, uh, you know, go on the aggressive on the aggressive side. Head has shown um, again today that more often than not, that's the right way
3: to play. Especially on a pitch like this. Uh, all right, so can't wait for tomorrow. Australia with the ascendancy. And, and actually, I think this match could be over pretty quickly. If Australia can get a good lead of, you know, 100, 150, and then knock a few early wickets over for South Africa, um, then they, they might struggle to get back in the contest. But you just never write the saffers off. That's the thing. Even... You know, in this innings, Verena, um, you know, that was a, a fantastic innings from him in tough circumstances. You know, I just wouldn't put it past one of their players finding something and giving Australia an awkward fourth innings chase. Yeah, and you just don't know how the pitch is
0: going to play. That um, Sometimes think of what happened in the centenary test match where both sides got uh, roughly 100-odd in the first innings and it looked like it'd be over quickly, and then both sides got massive scores in the second innings uh that happened in 2010-11 where you know England didn't do very well in their first innings and then got one for 500 in the second innings if the pitch flattens out it uh you know I'm sure it's not going to be a draw but who knows It, it could actually go um a little bit longer than than we think hey one thing I wanted to raise just having listened to it on the radio um a lot all day I do miss Henry Blofeld how he focused on every ball. And even that just thing where you used to say up to the wicket and bowls, like it's a sort of a cue to the listener that here is the moment where the ball is about to be delivered. And I found flicking through the stations today that some are good and some are not so good, but there's too many of them who don't even give the signal that now is the moment of the ball because surely... That is your main job as a radio commentator to give the thrill and excitement as quickly as possible to convey to the listener what has happened on the ball. And sometimes you sort of hear a bit of a a, a sound effect and you then, oh, I just just lets that go to the keeper. It's like the ball happened. I was not even aware of it. Um, so shout-out to Henry. I uh, wish you were still commentating.
3: And it, what, what stations were you listening to and any other commentary critiques?
0: Um, I was listening to um, a, a mixture of all three. Um, as for commentary critiques, um, you know, it varies. That there, uh, I thought Waitley was really good. Um, oh, I, I like, I quite like Gus, Gussie Walland, our friend. He's um, uh, he was doing a, a pretty good job. Most of them are okay. Um, There's still uh, Kim Hughes is- a little bit more than I have in the
1: past. Um, um, not surprisingly, gets a few of the pronunciations wrong. He's calling him Babumba. Um, and, um, yeah, that, like there was that one where Rabada was given out LBW on the field and it went up to the third umpire. And Hughes is moaning about the fact that he shouldn't have played a reverse sweep. but he's talking over the third umpire. It's like, mate, now's not the time to whinge about the fact that he's playing this modern shot. Now is the time to actually let's listen and find out whether or not he's actually out or not. Um, So I think they sometimes go away a little bit from the the core job um, of of the commentators. Uh, One other thing, and I'm sad to say this because Tim Lane is my favourite, but I've criticised others for getting the pronunciation wrong. Um, He was calling Nokia Nortier um, today. It's like, how could you not know um, that the T is pronounced as a K? Uh, I I find that baffling. Um, And yeah, that's my favourite commentator. I have to give him a, a slight clip there.
3: Yeah, so before we um, end this one, though, there was a, h- a historic moment in cricket last night in the Big Bash. The Sydney Thunder were bowled out for just 15 against the Adelaide Strikers. That's right. They were dismissed for just 15, the lowest ever score in men's T20 cricket. I think they got the record off Turkey. And uh, I guess... Um, Paul, I actually think it's, it's actually pretty bad that, you know, it's a pretty bad look for the Big Bash to have a team rolled like that. It's embarrassing. And uh, I know these players are trying, and I'm, I'm not criticising their effort, but, you know, that was pathetic. And what a terrible look for the league. I,
0: I agree with you, although I will say that it's certainly got people talking about the Big Bash. It was certainly a highly, highly watchable Um, let's, let's see how the Thunder go for the rest of the season. And, uh, I'm willing to, to mark it down as an aberration. And if it's just, if it's the only time it happens, then I'll say I'm not bothered by it because it was, it's got us talking about it. Um, but it's a concern. Yeah. You'd hate to see if the Thunder continue to put in, you know, substandard performances like that and become the easy beats that would be poor, but I I see where you're coming from, but I'm not. I don't think it's there yet. I if just it th- th-
3: again, think as well that, you know we're talking the about the league now as having this record where for record for being terrible, and you know there's so many discussions around the standard of the league and the the standard of the cricket slipping. I mean, this will just give more ammunition to the doubters, and you know people are talking about it, thinking, "Well, teams are getting bowled out for 15, like what a joke!" Like uh, they should like they they should give their money back to the people that went last night like if you're a Sydney Thunder supporter you should have your money refunded
0: no I think that, that again I'd say as a one-off it's fine you, you could argue the other way that the standard of bowling and catching was fantastic um, I, if, it, if it happens repeatedly then I'll be concerned as a one-off I thought it was interesting it's amazing that it is the lowest it's not just the lowest T20 score ever it's the lowest white ball score ever the, the list A record was the uh, was is West Indies under 19s versus Barbados in um 15 years ago, and then as you said the um T20 record was 21 Turkey versus the Czech Republic um so it has knocked off a couple it went very close to being the lowest first class score ever it's only about four or five lower than that so a historic moment um but I'm not willing to be too alarmed by it just yet.
3: I imagine the players are very embarrassed. I mean, that, that Sydney Thunder team must just, yeah, I don't know what what they're thinking. And, I mean, was it Henry Thornton from New South Wales took five for three? Our friend, friend of the show, Wes Agar, four for two. Uh, so, something incredible like that. Just, just, j- just jaw-dropping stuff. And I, I still can't believe it. I mean, I was watching it last night, Paul, and I, I just could not believe what I was seeing.
0: Yeah, I mean, India got bowled out for for thirty six, what it was, in in the test match a couple of years ago, and went on to win the series. i um, yeah, you know, um,
3: it was pretty, it was pretty stunning though. Oh well, um, well, see how the thunder bounces back. But yeah, fifteen, incredible stuff. All right, well, Paul, uh, I think we should wrap up this um, uh, daily wrap. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, and uh, Paul, any last words? Uh, no,
0: just um, I hope that South Africa um, keep in the contest tomorrow and that this test match goes down to the wire and really sets up the series to something um, pretty special. And I'm not just saying that because I've got money on them. <laughs> All
3: right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Cricket Unfiltered. Uh, follow us on social media, rate and review the show. I'm Menes. I've joined. I've been joined by Paul Dennett. We're going to do as many of these daily wraps for this South Africa test series as we can, so you'll be hearing a lot of us. Stay tuned. <laughs>
2: It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No process over 21 by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details.